Hello and welcome to the Punt the QB podcast. I am Rick Navalani at Rick Punt the QB. Tim. Tim Singer, Punt QB FF. I'll get it right one of these days. Yeah, you know, that's, you know what is what is telling everybody where we're at social media anyway. Nobody's paying attention. Anyway. It's, it's just Twitter. We're just having fun with this anyway. So, hey, thanks for joining us. If you are joining us, if you're not, then you're not you're not listening anyways. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's the thing. The problem is, after last week's episode, we did tell everybody we're going to be talking about the NFC South. So perhaps not everybody's listening because it's the NFC South. Well, hopefully hopefully everyone stopped in just to get a good laugh at, uh, at what we're going to say about what was uh, what, what, you, what looks to be a, a pretty pretty poor division. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a second. That being said, training camps have opened up, and there's news. You know, once you have football, at least on the field or guys showing up, there's news. Now, we can talk about something that happened about a week or so ago. DeAndre Hopkins found a home. We were joking for a couple weeks about, oh, he says he wants to go to a contender. He wants to go to a contender. But then he's talking about he visited the Patriots and the Titans. Well, which is it, buddy? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, not, it's uh, the almighty dollar is the champion. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Everybody's, yeah. They, I mean, two years, $13 million a year. What, $26 million? Good for him. Yeah, he signed with the Titans. Two years, $26 million. Now, with incentives, it could get up to $32 million. He's got incentives for catches, yards, and touchdowns. So, I mean, $3 million in incentives each year. It could get up to $32 million over two years. Let me ask you this. Last year, why didn't the Titans just keep A.J. Brown? Uh, well, this is, see, I knew we were going to talk about it. And I was I was waiting for this. So the issue is is that the former GM, when they, last year going into the draft, he didn't want to give a wide receiver big money because he just gave Derrick Henry big money because uh, this GM clearly was not going to evolve with the times because right now everyone that's a receiver is getting money and nobody that's a running back is getting money. But he gave Derrick Henry money, and he didn't want to give any to to AJ Brown. So he traded AJ Brown. Now Tim, you remember we laughed we laughed about it because. Then the Eagles played against the Titans last year, and A.J. Brown went off. Oh, we knew. the next day, the GM was fired. So you know the ownership was like, we've made a terrible mistake. We sided with the GM who said, get this guy out of here, when in actuality, they should have kept A.J. Brown. I'm thinking of that scene from Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail, where he just looks, he's like, you've chosen poorly yes. that, that's what you did yes. I, so yeah no I, I i led you right to it for a reason i'm just curious because i look deandre hopkins is 31 years old he's a three-time all pro five-time pro bowler we all know his resume but the fact of the matter is aj brown got a little bit more money but not a hell of a lot more and i'm just curious because it's like at the end of the day it's like did you learn your lesson and now you're trying to recoup? Because I just feel like you already had him in house. Yeah, but Tennessee's ownership is not the Dallas Cowboys. They're not Jerry Jones. They're not the ones calling the shots. They let the yeah, GM but... call the shots. This is this GM, the previous GM, made a terrible decision, and his ownership backed him up until they realized, oh my God, we made a terrible mistake the day after they played. Yeah, but the analogy you make to the Cowboys doesn't fit because they learned their lesson too. They paid Zeke before they paid Dak and Amari Cooper. Yeah, and now they've gotten rid of Zeke. Yeah, it, it's just it, it makes me laugh, and we'll talk about the status of the running back position next episode. Um, training camps have opened up. We have news. We had a couple guys taking pay cuts. Uh, Joe Mixon. I don't know if you saw the writing on the wall. We've been talking all off season that surprised that Joe Mixon is still there. He saw it too. He saw the writing on the wall. He's like, you know, I really like it here. I'll take a pay cut. He volunteered to take a pay cut, and I feel like it was kind of like, hey, if I don't take a pay cut. I'm gonna get cut. Yeah, I don't. I think with with P Ryan gone now, 
I don't think there was any way Samaje wasn't going was going to get cut. What are they going to do? Run with Chris Evans out there, or what are you going to do? Pick up Fournette or Zeke? I guarantee you, those guys would have cost just as much money. Anybody that well, he was he there, was guaranteed eleven million dollars. In in that you know he had an, I'm sorry he had a non guaranteed base of nine point four. He took a pay cut to stay there. He says he's interested in winning. I just feel like it was also proactive as far as like. He might have gotten cut, and they want to, you know, remember the Patriots back in the day when nobody wanted LeGarrette uh, Blunt because he was punching people and yep. stuff? They got him on a one-year, basically veteran minimum prove-it deal. He balled out, and then he got money somewhere else. I feel like NFL teams can do that nowadays. Train camps have opened up, and you mentioned some of the guys that are still on the street. Yeah, I mean, uh, LeGarrette Blount, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook still has not signed somewhere, which I think everyone thought. He was going to get cut, and he was going to sign with somebody really quick. Oh, yeah. And here he is, like, still sitting out in limbo. I, I think these guys want to get paid a lot more money. We could talk about it next episode when we talk about all the other running backs. Oh, yeah. But, Tim, Jalen Ramsey went down today. Joe Burrow went down today. I mean, now, now I don't know the significance of these injuries or the extent of these injuries, but here it is. We get, we get two days into camp. And people are falling down. Yeah, I, and the funny thing is when you open up either Bleacher Report or ESPN, there's the video right there of Joe Burrow kind of like hopping on one leg, whatever. Now they're saying it's a strained calf. So the problem is they don't have to release an injury report for weeks. So the real story is when's the next time he gets on the field? Yeah. The problem is when you heard both Jalen Ramsey and Joe Burrow, you're talking non-contact injury. That's the problem. So now they're saying strained calf for Joe Burrow. And according to multiple reports on Twitter, Jalen Ramsey has a meniscus tear. Not ACL, meniscus tear, so they're saying six to eight weeks. So he's already going to miss the beginning of the season. But this is what happens when training camp opens. Yep. I mean, you're going to have these injuries just jump up and bite people, and that's what sucks, is, is especially when you're talking about like teams that fantasy teams that have dynasty leagues or people that have already making bets. I mean, look, it, I think a, a healthy Bengals team you know, has a chance to win the Super Bowl. A Burrowless Bengals team does not have a chance to win. Oh, no, they have a chance of finishing in last place in probably the second toughest division in football. Now, one other guy I wanted to talk about taking a pay cut before we moved on to the guys who printed money. Aaron Rodgers took a pay cut. And, of course, because A, this is Aaron Rodgers, and B, it's the New York Jets, this is news. He took a pay cut to go down to two years and $75 million. Now, he was guaranteed 110 for two years. He took a pay cut because he says he wants to win and he wants to commit to the Jets for two years. Yeah, okay. I mean, but I think it maybe if anything, it speaks more of how willing he is to work with um, a GM staff that he feels has his back, or an ownership staff that has his back, and so on. Because I feel like he did not the last couple of years feel like Green Bay, Green Bay's uh, ownership and management had had his back with anything. Yeah, but that midseason stretch you were talking about when we covered the AFC East, that's going to be the true test. Everybody's lovey-dovey in the honeymoon period. Wait until adversity hits, especially in New York. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and, and so I talked about a couple guys that took pay cuts. Now the training camp is open, a couple guys are reporting, you know, news about a couple guys that didn't report. There are people getting paid. Now, some of the lesser guys getting paid, if we want to stay on the Jets, uh, Quinn and Williams, their defensive tackle, their all-pro defensive tackle, he got four years, $96 million, with $66 million in guarantees, the second-largest contract ever for a defensive tackle. Awesome. Good for him. I mean, everyone's, everyone's getting paid. These defensive linemen, these interior defensive linemen have been moving around this year a lot, and anybody that's re-signing is getting $20 million, $16 million a year, $20 million, $21 million a year. Good for them. Yeah, absolutely. More guys getting paid. Cowboys extended their Pro Bowl cornerback, Trev, uh, Trevon Diggs, five years, $97 million. That one, that one kind of 
that one makes me scratch my head a little bit. He does have 17 interceptions the last two he years. Does, but he is completely boomer bust. I mean. Oh no! If you heard. watch film, he he goes for it. He goes for the ball, which can lead to a long play. He's de- he's the definition of boomer bust. Yes, he is. He is a boomer bust guy. He definitely goes the takes the pick and takes it in the opposite direction a decent amount, or he gives up, or he get, or he goes for it. He misses and gets burned. And that's the thing is we talked about the Cowboys when we talked about the NFC East. At some point, they're going to have to re-up with C.D. Lamb, and they're going to have to give Dak another contract. And Michael Parsons is going to have to. Get and of course, Michael Parsons. So I, I'm. I'm interested to see how much of the Trevon Diggs money is guaranteed. I didn't see that out there. I, I didn't. I didn't see it. I know he got paid. Yeah, five years, ninety-seven million, which all great, but the, we all know in the NFL, it's only the guaranteed money that counts. Uh, one more I wanted to talk about because we're talking about quarterbacks. Every time somebody signs a new deal, Jalen Hurts did. Somebody breaks the bank. Well, cue up Justin Herbert. You know, Justin Herbert, he got paid five years, two hundred sixty-two point five million dollars. Good money if you can get it. Yeah, I mean, good for him. I mean, all the, the Joe Burrow, you're up next. You yeah, know, like, so what? That's guy, the thing is, have your agent start talking to the Bengals because you're it, gonna get paid. The ink on the Justin Herbert contract had not dried yet when everybody pivoted to Burrow and be like, "Well, you're up next." And what happens? He's seen in video limping off the field or carted off at, at Bengals camp. So just some interesting stuff to come out of training camp so yeah. far. All right, Tim. Let's start off our NFC South episode here with the defending champions the tampa bay bucks now the tampa bay bucks of course are the <laughs> tom brady-less tampa bay bucks which makes a big difference but when you're replacing a a 40 year old tom brady with a 27 uh, year old baker mayfield tim i don't know if that's such a big difference is it that's me that's sarcasm that's sarcasm to get off me get off me <laughs> i have saved that audio file it's somewhere out there i'm gonna bring it back two years from now just like on first take they kept bringing up uh uh, who's the dude that just got fired from um, ESPN? Uh, Max Kellerman. Oh, everyone got fired from ESPN. Ooh, too soon, buddy. Too yeah, soon. Sorry. Yeah, now Max Kellerman had that. They kept bringing it back on first take, how he said Tom Brady was going to fall off a cliff and he was going to fall off a cliff. And after he said that, he won two more Super Bowls. So they just kept bringing that back. So I just love when they you know, bring stuff back. Yes, the words you opened this capsule with, defending champion Tampa Bay Bucks division, defending champs we're not going to say that again for a long time because the future looks bright at least for carolina atlanta in this division tampa bay they still have a really old roster i don't know they didn't draft a quarterback this year so i don't know what the hell's going on they don't look very good now we'll flat, you know roll back to last year in 2022 they went eight and nine they lost in the wild card round to dallas 31 to 14 and that was it uh, this year is all about the end of the brady era we I, they have so much dead money, uh, and that's what happens. You, you, the Bucks did it. The Rams did it. You go all in, you get your championship, and now they're suffering the consequences. They have so much dead money because of the Tom Brady contract. Yeah, yeah. Every single time you have these issues, when a team goes for it and they and they get it, somewhere along the line, the Piper Piper gets paid. The Piper gets his due, and and everything kind of crumbles around it. You saw it with the Rams last year. Um, you kind of saw it with the Bucks last year, where the Bucks were lucky to even make the playoffs because of the division they were in. But but other than that, they were not playing good football um, the, the second half of the season. And then and then you know Brady retires, which obviously you know you kind of saw the writing on the wall. It did not seem like he was on the same page with his receivers or anything. It didn't seem like 
Did it? Did it? Am I wrong? Did it seem like Brady would even wanted to be out there half by the second half of the season? No. See, that's the thing is, Tom Brady can get away with all his antics and kind of yelling at his teammates on the sideline and all the other stuff when he's winning Super Bowls. When you're going under 500 for the first time in your career, it gets old. You know, and that's the thing is, we've all been in a locker room where there's the the guy, the rah rah guy. That you know, we we made fun of Russell Wilson last year. He kept trying to hype everybody up. You're like, dude, you're you're five and twelve. Slow that roll. Now, Tom Brady and the Bucks went eight and nine. They still won the division in quotation marks because somebody had to. And and I think this year's NFC South is going to be about the same thing. Someone has to. But you're only going to put up with those antics for so long. Yeah, I mean, let's take a look at, at all the other people that left besides Tom Brady. I mean, you, you're talking about a, a Tampa Bay Bucks team that had to just 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 download all of that all that salary. I mean, they got rid of Shaq Mason, the guard. He left. He got traded to the Texans. Um, Akeem Hicks, his eight million dollar tag. He he's gone. Um, he hasn't resigned with anybody. Leonard Fournette, he hasn't resigned with anybody. That's seven million dollars off the off the cap. Julio Jones, six million. Wide receiver, he isn't. He isn't anywhere. I mean, this whole that, team, that's a swear word on this podcast. Yeah, Julio Jones. <laughs> uh, so, but this whole team, like the, the most of the the money that they 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 dumped, and the players that they dumped haven't resigned with anybody. W- William Goldston, uh, interior defense lineman as well, just like Akeem Hicks, four point five million. He hasn't signed anywhere. Cameron Bray, four point four million dollars. He hasn't resigned anywhere. This whole team is just filled with a whole bunch of people that they got rid of that haven't really gone anywhere else. And I noticed how you led with their subtractions because their additions are not very impressive. Baker Mayfield, they brought in to compete with Kyle Trask. So someone has to play quarterback, question mark? Yes, well, somebody has to play quarterback. <laughs> we saw we saw when Christian McCaffrey tried to do it in the a- NFC Championship game. It was not working out, and they ended up putting, like, what, the one-armed... Uh, the one-armed Brock Purdy to hand off. Out there to just hand the ball off to people. Yeah, and, and it has to be, you know, the funny thing is we didn't mention in the opening segment, he's back at camp, too. So, back, yeah. yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield, they brought in Chase Edmonds. They brought in defensive tackle Greg Gaines. Mm-hmm. Uh, they re-signed a couple guys. They, did, they didn't get rid of everybody. They re-signed uh, Jamel Dean. They re-signed Levante David. So uh, they did bring a couple back. We talked about it in the coaching uh, episode. They got rid of Byron Leftwich. Apparently he was the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of – that was silly, but – Somebody had to be the fall guy. Same thing in like in in San Diego, uh, San Diego, the Chargers when they blew the twenty seven point lead in the second half. Guess who got fired? The offensive coordinator. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't the offense that gave up. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, they they bring in Dave Canellis. Uh, he was in Seattle. I I don't know what what was special about what they did in Seattle offensively. I mean, does he get credit for Geno Smith's turnaround? I, I guess. Question mark? Yeah, that, that's why like, I, I framed it in the form of a question, but we both look at each other and we're like, eh? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like this team's got a whole lot going on for it. This team's kind of in, you know, at least they picked a lane. At least they know they're not going to be good. You know what I mean? I feel like they did pick a lane. Like, nobody's yeah. thinking Tampa Bay is going to go back and win the division, except for a couple of the players who are like, oh, if we could talk Brady into coming back, we got a chance to win this division. No, you don't. No, and that's the thing is, yeah, at least you're not going to keep hearing that. That's what I dogged the Vikings. When we talked about the NFC North, I dogged the Vikings a little bit about not really picking a lane. They didn't really go for it despite going 13-4. and, and four. They didn't really go for it, but they didn't tank. At least the Bucks are like, all right, we know who we are. I'm just surprised they had eight draft picks. Five defensive players, three offensive players. None of them were quarterbacks. I just, I, I've said it over the years, forever, and on this podcast. I feel, especially if you have a lot of draft picks, every year, at least on day three, take a quarterback. It just, why not? 
Yeah, but if you only got eight picks, I mean, some some teams, you know, the Bears, and some teams had as many as 15, 17 picks. And the Bears had like 13 picks. When you got eight picks, I mean, you kind of got to make make it worth worthwhile. So, I mean, and they just picked Kyle Trask last year, didn't they? Isn't Kyle Trask his second year? Is he either second or third year? Guy? Third year. Okay, well, they picked him two years ago. So, I mean, and, and when you're talking about you you now have three new three new starting offensive linemen. You've got Baker Mayfield and Rashard White. So really, what are you expecting from this team on offense? Nothing. I, I I'm interested to see how Rashad White does with his first opportunity to be a bell cow. I'm interested to see what happens with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans because the, there's there's a, a wide receiver tandem that not, that is getting older, but at the same as the time they're, they're they're really good. And the funny thing is, they're real quick. Their schedule, their 22nd hardest because they have to play a quote first place schedule. The rest of their division has like is at the bottom of the strength of schedule rankings. There's a 22nd because they have a pretty hard schedule. Yeah. A lot of tough games on the road. It, it doesn't look good. Their win total is 6.5. I, I think they're going to struggle to get there. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about you're playing against teams in the uh, NFC North and you have to play at Green Bay and at Minnesota, that doesn't help you. I mean, you'd much rather play at Chicago because Chicago, let's face it, is, is not going to be a good team. You'd rather ho- go, go to play against them and possibly squeak a win out there. I mean, but you're talking about a Bucks team that's that's going to be – going to be at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the NFC. I think you you have your Arizona, you have your uh, Chicago is going to still struggle this year. But, I mean, the, I mean, really, do you, do you think Tampa Bay is going to finish higher than anybody in the NFC East? No, no chance. Uh, we always end these capsules with the biggest question entering 2023. With $74 million in dead cap money, how bad will this tank be? I mean, how, how far... How far down do you think it goes? I mean, I, I think this is this is one of the things that we've been seeing in the last couple of years with uh, NFL football. I mean, are, are they in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes? Are, are they going that bad? Maybe. Okay, that, very well that's what I'm saying. Like be. when I say tank, I mean, like I said, their win total is six and a half. How bad can it get this year? I think year? you're looking at a Tampa Bay team the next year could be picking the top five. Yeah, agreed. All right, buddy. Second place last year. Second team we talk about for the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers. I wanted to bring them in. Because I feel like we might have a Rick rant coming, or at least at least some excitement level. Now, last year they went 7-10. They missed the playoffs. They traded from the number one pick. But to say they missed the playoffs, it went down to like week 17. They were, they were still in it. Had they beaten Tampa in week 17, they would have been in the driver's seat to win the division. Going forward this year, they are plus 400 to win the division. Vegas thinks they're third favorite. They're plus 4,000. 40 to 1 to win the conference, plus 7,000 to win the Super Bowl. Their win total is 7.5. Ricky, I know you're excited to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Tell me why. I'll tell you why I'm excited to talk about the Carolina Panthers. I'm excited to talk about the Carolina Panthers because every single thing they've done has improved every single position they have, with the exception of DJ Moore. With the exception of trading DJ Moore, they have either stayed the same or gotten better at every single position. I'm not even talking about every single position. In my, in my opinion, it's not even just a, it's it's the coaching too. You had you had Matt Rule, and then you brought in uh, Steve Wilkes to be the uh, um, interim the interim head coach. So, but I think Frank Reich's better than both of those guys. Frank Reich is a good head coach. He never he got a raw deal in Indianapolis because one he wanted to bring in his buddy Jeff Saturday to coach to coach a team that and, and he, that guy couldn't even coach and. And he's always had a different quarterback each year. He's never been able to bring up his own quarterback and have his guy. It's always been this guy hasn't worked out. Let's get him out of there. Let's bring in Fred. Let's bring in Philip Rivers. That didn't work out. Let's bring in Carson Wentz. That didn't work out. Let's bring in 
Matt Ryan, that didn't work out. Oh, by the way, you're fired. So, I mean, he's never really had a chance to succeed because it because everyone always says, oh, the, this quarterback, he never got a chance to succeed because he didn't have he – always, he always switched coordinators. Well, how can a coach succeed when he has to switch quarterbacks every single year? Yeah, no, I dogged – I didn't say a dog. I thought it was the most interesting trade of the offseason. They gave up a poop ton to the Bears to get the number one overall pick. But they did it, and no one's going to say a word about what they gave up if they got it right with Bryce Young. And I think they did. I'm interested. I, 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 Everything he showed at Bama was that he's a winner. He's good. They won because of him, not with him. They won because of him. It's just his size. It was everybody's question mark was his size. And we've seen, everybody talks about Drew Brees, but we've seen a bunch of other guys who just couldn't do it. So if he's going to win in the NFL, he has to be special. Because otherwise he's going to get his butt kicked up and down the field. Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk about each position here. Um, you lost D.J. Moore in the trade. Um, you lost Sam Darnold, okay. Uh, Matt Ioannidis, the, the linebacker, he left. Um, San Gonzalez, you, you traded him over to San Francisco. Uh, and Deontay Foreman went to Chicago. But the people that you brought in, uh, Tim, if we go down the list here, I mean, Shaq Thompson, they brought in to replace Matt Ioannidis. Okay, Von Bell came in as a safety from Cincinnati. He's he's an improvement on that defensive backfield. But go through every single position on the offense here, Tim. Who, what would you rather have? Yeah, let's, ze- let me say this. Zero skill position players return on offense. Zero. They are completely revamping the entire offense. Don't they still have Chubba? Don't they still have Chubba Hubbard? Uh, Starters, I'm sorry. Starters. What about Terrence Marshall? Terrence Marshall's still there. And Terrence, really, Terrence Marshall wasn't a starter he last was a year. a slot guy last year. A slot guy, okay. Well, are you trying to say that slot position isn't important, Tim? We're on, we're on, we're live right now, Tim. I'm just saying in, in usual, yeah, moving you, you on. You heard it here. Um, heard I, it here. I, Tim, does not, Tim does not like <laughs> third receivers. You, you got you to gotta love uh, okay. a okay. talking point of Terrence Marshall. All right, All right. here, let me, let me bring this up to you here, Tim. You, you tell me. What's an improvement here, Frank Reich or the, the, the combination of Matt Rule, Steve Wilkes? Frank Reich. Okay, what's better here? Andy Dalton is your backup quarterback or P.J. Walker? Andy Dalton. Okay, what's God. better? What's better? Hold on. I want to throw up in my mouth. No, 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 no. you got to eat this. you got to eat it now. All right, what's better, Tim? Bryce Young or ba- Baker Mayfield? Well, Bryce Young. Yeah, okay. What we think. Tim, what's better, Hayden Hurst or Ian Thomas? I did like Ian Thomas. The answer's Hayden Hurst. Okay, don't give me that look. Tim, what's better, Miles Sanders or Deontay Foreman? I guess Miles Sanders. Okay. So really, with the exception of uh, DJ Chark and Adam Thielen coming in to replace DJ Moore, I mean, they've gotten better. Yeah, you buried that one, didn't they've you? They've gotten better at every single position. No, don't get me wrong. I think DJ Moore is one of the most underrated uh, stud receivers in the NFL. But, I mean, you have, oh, you, you got rid of DJ Moore. I understand that's that's that takes a hit onto the team. But when you're talking about you have a very good receiving core, you have veterans in DJ Chark and Adam Thielen, and you've got young receivers like Terrence Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, and draft pick Jonathan Mingo. This team, and, it, and LaVisca Chenault, you know, Tim, this guy is one of those guys that can play multiple positions. You can put him in yeah, the, the Swiss Army play, knife, yeah. He can play a Debo kind of role. He could play. Oh, Debo. I'm not saying. He's going to play like Debo, but I'm saying he's a receiver that can play running back, that can get reverses, that can stretch the field out even when he's when he's playing receiver. All right, I, I know you got half chub, and I get it. But when was the last time a rookie quarterback won a division? Well, didn't Andrew, Andrew Luck won the division? Robert Griffin 
Robert Griffin III won his division as a rookie. Andrew Luck won his division as a rookie. Ben Roethlisberger won his division as a rookie, Tim. I'd have to fact check that. Brock Purdy won his division as a rookie. Tim, Brock Purdy like was a third quarter. Hey, hey, who who was 8-1 and one in the regular season, Tim, for the San Francisco 49ers? Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy. Okay, so he played more than half the season. He started more than half the season. He was 8-1. and one. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we will definitely. Uh, that'll have to be our first show bet of the this, season. Uh, yeah, you want to make a show bet? You I, a show I got bet? the Saints to win the South. You got the Panthers. I got, I got odds. You got. Well, hey, yeah, you're you're the one talking. I you, mean, you two beers to one. You gotta give me two beers to one then. Fine, two beers to one. All right, you heard it here. <laughs> All right. Well, you talked Nailed about it. Nailed it. Nailed <laughs> it. What else do you want to talk about here? I mean, like they've got they've got a soft division. All right, and I understand that even they might be considered soft in this division too. But you got that division where uh, uh, easily everyone could be three and three with how bad most of these teams are in this division maybe four and two because tampa maybe doesn't maybe wins one game two games the whole division but i mean you got you play against the texans they play against the colts they play against the bears they play against the titans i mean these are some teams that are going to be at the bottom of the barrel when you're talking about nfl teams yeah factually speaking their strength of schedule is 27th hardest their opponent win percentage is 453 i tried to find their toughest matchups their toughest matches at seattle Regardless of how the the Seahawks are, that's still a tough place to play. At Miami, and at Jacksonville, and then Dallas, hosting Dallas. Okay, I, I'm just saying. Like every other team we talk about, I, when you go back to the Bucks, they they got to play the 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 Eagles at Buffalo, at San Francisco, at New Orleans. We're not saying that about the Panthers. The Panthers don't have that hard of a schedule. No, so, absolutely. now their biggest question going into 2023 is, of course, how quickly can Bryce Young develop? Well, they've already announced that Bryce Young is going to be a week one starter. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm hesitant about the Panthers. I just, it, it takes time to get up to speed in the NFL. The problem is, when you got guys that come from Bama, everybody you your teammates were, were five-star recruits. You're playing with the best of the best. And you're going against every team has less talent than you than maybe Georgia, maybe. But every other team that Bama plays has less talent than them. Fast forward to the NFL, you're an undersized rookie, and that's not the case. He's not playing with guys that are superior over everybody else. Yeah, I mean, but this is a team that had a, a very good defense, and I feel like they improved in almost every aspect of the ball, with the exception of DJ Moore on offense. Yeah, I'll give you that. All right, Tim, so now we're moving on to the favorite to win the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints. Um, when you're talking about the New Orleans Saints, obviously the biggest thing comes up is is Derek Carr. The, the signing of Derek Carr, um, the Alvin Kamara offseason issues. Tim, where, where do you want to go with this first? Yeah, they went 7-10 last year. They missed the playoffs. They, to a lesser degree, you know that the story all season had the Jets felt like they were a quarterback away. The Saints felt like they're a quarterback away from at least win the division. I, I think it's a whole different... I think it's funny that since the days of Drew Brees and Sean Payton, the Saints have been kicking the can down the road, salary cap-wise, for a while. I, and we, we joked how the Eagles ended up with such a great uh, draft pick this year in the draft because the Saints had to go for it last year. And they just keep kicking the can down the road. And I mean, Vegas seems to think they're the favorites. The Panthers you just talked about, we just talked about, are the third favorite according to Vegas. The, the Saints are the first favorite. They're plus 120 to win the division. That's first. In the conference, they're plus 1,200. That's fifth, shockingly. Does anybody think they're the fifth best team in the NFC? I don't. I don't think so. I don't even think they're the best team in their division. 
Yeah, well, well, we agree to disagree. Super Bowl, they're plus 4,000 at 40 to 1. Their win total is 9.5, and, and that can only be because of the division they play in. And we'll get to it. They have the 31st hardest schedule. Yeah, they have a very soft schedule. When I, was, when I was setting it up and I was lining it up, and you were talking about the easy games that Carolina had, oh, man, when you look at who Saint Louis, the Saints have to play. Yeah, and so we talked about what they did last year. We talked about their odds. We might as well talk about the rest of their additions. You talked about Derek Carr. They brought in Jamal Williams. They brought in defensive tackle Kalen Saunders. Now, they re-signed some guys. They did bring back Jameis Winston. So I, I guess if you're going to bring him back to be a backup, that's fine. I mean, when you look at some of the backup quarterbacks in the league, you always make the joke about Trevor Simeon and Nate Peterman and how these guys are still in the NFL. Jameis Winston at least deserves to be a backup, does oh, he not? Absolutely deserves to yeah. be a backup. He's a gunslinger. I love, I love some, some Jameis Winston. He'll he'll get, he'll throw twenty interceptions, but he'll throw twenty touchdowns while he's doing. Oh, it. Oh, I love that he goes for it. He absolutely goes for it. Uh, they brought back Michael Thomas on a one-year incentive-laden deal, so kind of a big prove-it year for him. They brought back uh, defensive back J.T. Gray. So I they they basically rolled it back. They did bring Jamal Williams. I of yeah, course they, they brought out, brought in Juwan. They resigned Juwan Johnson as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, so I, I feel like, and we're going to talk about some of the guys they lost. But the biggest story of the offseason for them has been the Alvin Kamara situation. Yeah. Now we talked last week how he pled to a misdemeanor. <laughs> you gotta love how the laws don't apply to, apply to rich people. But uh, he pled to a misdemeanor. He's going to do community service, and he had to find a hundred grand from his couch cushions to send to this poor man. The they're waiting for the shoe to drop, and you knew they bring in Jamal Williams for a reason. They're waiting for the shoe to drop to see how long he gets suspended. That's really the only thing that can hold the Saints back in this division, in my eyes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the other thing I would say is 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 I, I really like Chris Olave, but. Michael Thomas, I mean, we're talking about, we're going on like three seasons now where this guy hasn't played. I mean, he just keeps, everyone just keeps thinking this guy's going to turn it around, and, and here here we are. Oh, yeah, every year at our fantasy drafts, what are people talking about Michael Thomas? Be like, yeah. oh, he's, as long as he's healthy, all he has to do is stay healthy. Yeah, all he, he has to do is stay healthy in years. Exactly, but, but that's the narrative. That's all, oh, all he has to do is stay healthy. Listen, how many years, he's three, what, 2019 is when he broke that record with, you know, with, oh, by the way, with Drew Brees? Yeah. You know, Derek Carr, we both, I, I think Derek Carr is, I've been saying for a couple of years, I think he's underrated in the fact that he's at least a top half quarterback. And nobody really talks about him the in, in the light that he's a, a top-ish, and not top tier, but top half quarterback. I will say that I believe, my, my impression of Derek Carr is he is an average quarterback who has an above average seasons every now and then. So in the Kirk Cousins reigns? Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying, like... As a matter of fact, I would say Kirk Cousins, if anything, he, he, Kirk Cousins probably has done it better. Okay. I, he's had more consistency in making the playoffs. Derek Carr... What, what, a Derek Carr team has made the playoffs, what, once, twice? Well, we'll see. You know what, though? Let's at least see that. He's played in a very tough AFC West. Uh, I, I mean, before he got hurt, the, the, the Raiders looked really good that one year. Um... We'll see. This will, this will be a test because they have the 31st hardest schedule. It, you know, there's only 32 teams in the NFL, so their schedule is pretty weak. Now, we did not mention their subtractions. They lost Andy Dalton, uh, Marcus Davenport, the defensive end, uh, Caden Ellis, their linebacker, and some wide receiver named Deontay Hardy. 
I mean, yes, yes, Deontay Hardy is now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, I, I just think it's funny. They like, you know, they talk about oh, significant some directions. Be like, how is that significant? Yeah, I would say that they lost three, three starting interior defense. Uh, not three starting, but three of their interior defensive linemen left. So, I mean, I know you you replaced them with the. Uh, uh, you talked about earlier, Kalen Saunders, and uh, um, now Nathan Shapar comes in too from the Jets. Now these guys might might be able to perform as well as the other guys did, but I mean, when you have that big of a turnover in the and the defensive line, that could cause some problems. Um, what is interesting about this team that that you got to be really excited about if you're a Saints fan is the whole defensive backfield is back. Yeah, absolutely. I, one thing I wanted to say I was excited, but you talked about the interior defense alignment they lost via free agency. Their first two draft picks they spent on interior offense, you know, defensive alignment. I mean, defensive tackle Brian Breesey was their first pick in the first round. Uh, they brought in I, Isaiah Foskey the, in the second round, another defensive lineman. So at least they're doing that. Yeah, the one thing I will say is, is that I, I was not a fan. If you actually go back and listen to our draft episode, Isaiah Foskey is one of the five worst draft picks in my opinion. I think he's, he plays slow. Um, hopefully he doesn't hear this and come find me. <laughs> he, plays, he plays slow, and from what I remember seeing when I watched him play in Notre Dame, like was he making tackles then? Yeah, but I don't feel like I don't feel like he's going to transition into an, an NFL, a good NFL defensive lineman. I hear you. I just feel we talked in the draft episode about so many teams. I felt drafted from a place of strength. At least they recognized their weaknesses and filled some holes. In the third round, they took a running back, which is good because we don't know. Again, we don't know Alvin Kamara's situation. And I, I, I always point him out in every episode. I always love it. Fourth round quarterback, Jake Heiner from Fresno State. Nice. Yeah. I, I just love when they take rookie quarterbacks because you just never know. Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Joe Montana was a fourth-round pick. Brock Purdy was, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, what's the harm in taking somebody? Yeah, you know, uh, the one thing I will say is is that the one thing that scares me about this is it, straight, it, having an easy schedule, and this comes back to why I say that it, Derek Carr is an average quarterback, that I feel like when you've watched the Raiders play, when they even had decent teams, Derek Carr finds ways to lose games against winnable games, you know, against against bad teams. He finds ways to lose games. Yeah, but eight and nine can win this division again, can it not? I don't. I don't think it will. I mean, their win totals nine and a half in Vegas, so at least Vegas thinks they're good ish. I, I think. I think they're good enough to get the fourth seed by winning the division and losing in the wild card round. Possibly. Would history repeat itself then? <laughs> Right, I, I, I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, it'll probably be the Cowboys with the fifth seed again because they're in the same division as the Eagles. So. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, uh, biggest question entering 2023, we already asked how long we think Kamara's going to be suspended. I think we'd both think, think six games. Yeah, six games. If it's anything less than that, I would I would be surprised. It's not going to be any more than that. I'm just really surprised. I, I brought it up when we brought up this capsule. I just I wonder how much longer they can keep kicking the can down the road before they have to do that hard reset. I, I just every year they kick that kick it down the road, and it's like, what are you trying to accomplish to win this division? Yeah, well, I'm, at least people, fans in Carolina, and Atlanta can be excited about their future. You, it, there is no future for the Saints. That's you're hoping to get a division title. Yeah, I mean, well, you got you got some good t- young talent there. I mean, um, Chris Olave is going to be a good wide receiver, I think, for a time. I, I, if anything, until I, they have to pay him. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But, but I mean, would you disagree, Tim, if I were to say Chris Olave is the best? wide receiver in this division? Well, I think Godwin and Evans and Tampa might have something to say about that, but at this point going forward, if you give me a, a draft of all the receivers in the NFC South, my first pick would obviously be Olave. Yeah. Yeah. 
what's interesting about this, Tim, is, is we've talked about all three of these other teams. And we laugh about how bad this division is. But it's a competitive division because picking somebody to win this division is pretty hard because when you're talking about, you know, like the Saints, oh, I could see them falling flat on their face. Oh, the Panthers, I could see them winning 10 games or I could see them winning six games. It's like, oh, the Falcons, same thing. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons here. The Atlanta Falcons, in my opinion, are the are the one team, are the one are the have the best odds of any team that finished last last season to to finish first in their division. And that's just because this division is so bad. I mean, maybe you would say the Jets, but I think me and you are both not big on the Jets this season. No. But I think the Falcons could do this. Yeah, while you were saying that, I'm thinking in my head of all the teams that finished last place. Because I love to argue with you, but I, I can't. Cleveland? No. The Patriots? No. The Cardinals? No. The Bears? Eh... No. <laughs> I rest my case. I, I, yeah, I'm just, that's the thing. I'm, I, I'm going through the Wheel of Fortune spin in my head of all the teams that finished last last year because every year there's some team that goes worst to first. It, it just it, it just happens. That's why people love the NFL because going into opening day, most fan bases feel like good about their team. We talked about it here in Chicago. They had the first pick. They went 3-14, and 14, and there's buzz. There's excitement. It's just, you know... And, and rightly so, because the future does look bright. Dude, let's talk about this. Hold on. Before you talk about what they're expected to do and how they did last year, let me just bring this up, because this is something that I found so fascinating, is they brought in a truckload of people. They brought in Trey Flowers from Cincinnati. They brought in Caden Ellis, linebacker from New Orleans. They brought in Tyler Heineke as the backup. They brought in Caleb Mc- they re-signed, they signed Caleb. They re-signed Caleb McGrary. They extended Chris Lindstrom, the right guard. They brought in Kalei Campbell, the interior defensive lineman from Baltimore. They brought in Jeff Okuda, uh, the uh, the cornerback from Detroit. They brought in another defensive interior defensive lineman, David Onyemata from New Orleans. They brought they traded for Jonu Smith, and they signed Jesse Bates from the safety from Wait, Cincinnati. Wait, so we're just going to skip right over you nailing that name? Good for you, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was going to just smoothly transition to the fact that, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. All right, their losses. A whole bunch of random, like, minimal people and Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I have got Marcus Mariota and defensive tackle Abdullah Anderson. Yeah, none of them, no, nobody else, anybody else they got rid of was so, like, second, third string, fourth string, wasn't making serious money or anything like that. I mean, they totally revamped this team, and they brought in B. John Robinson, probably, besides the quarterbacks, the most electric player on offense. The, the most exciting offensive player coming out of this draft, that's for sure. Now, you referenced it, I'll circle back. Vegas, what they think. The Atlanta Falcons are plus 215 to win the division, so a little over 2-1. to one. That's second favorite odds behind the Saints. They are plus 2,800 to win the conference, plus 6,000 to win the Super Bowl if you were an extreme gambling man, and their win total is 8.5. You know why their win total is 8.5? And, and we'll get to it. Their schedule is ranked, their strength of schedule is ranked 32nd hardest. Rick, how many teams are in the NFL? 32, Tim. So, um... They got a pretty easy schedule. So them and the Saints have the easiest schedules. Yeah, exactly. Which is why their win totals are eight and a half and nine and a half respective. Because I don't think even Vegas thinks they're a good team, but it's the old somebody has to win by default. Yeah, I mean, look, look at their look at their look at their hard what considered hard matchups at Detroit, at Jacksonville, and that's it. Well, not at Jacksonville, at at London. Yeah. You know, but it's funny, the, the London Jags, I make the joke, the London Jags, and we'll get to them next well, the week. the Jaguars are playing back-to-back games. I was just going to say, yeah, uh, we, we make the joke that the London Jags because they played the most games. I was going to bring it up when we talk about the AFC South next week. Please listen anyway. They have back-to-back games in London. 
I mean, they they literally are the home team in London. It's 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 crazy, but yeah, I, I mean, it, and it's it, it's going to be interesting. It, it you got to say, I mean, coming out of the draft, we talked about Bijan Robinson. In the second round, they took a guard, Matthew Bergerson, which I think is right up Arthur Smith's alley. He loves building. You know, they they ran more than any team outside of Chicago last year. And I don't know that that's going to drastically change. I don't think it is. I mean, in fantasy drafts, everybody tries to get excited about the potential of Kyle Pitts and Drake London and now Bijan Robinson and all this stuff and Cordero Patterson still there and Tyler Algister. But the fact of the matter is, A, this is a guy who loves to run the ball, and B, Desmond Ritter is still very green. Yeah, well, I think you're, when you're talking about a Desmond Ritter, I think you're talking about a guy that is going to play, uh, um, you know, Jimmy Ball, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo Ball, you know, where, where he gets in the playoffs and he throws Jimmy nine passes. He goes like eight for nine for like 92 yards with a touchdown pass, but then Raheem Mostert rushed for 200 and something yards. I mean, that's what I think we're looking at here. I think you're going to look at, they're not going to be looking at Desmond Ritter to do a whole lot. They're going to be just be like a game manager on third and longs because they're, they're going to, they're going to, they got a strong offensive line and they've got three running backs that can run the ball. You've still got Cordero Patterson there. You still got Tyler Algier, who set all kinds of records for Falcons rookie running backs. Yeah, and they're just and like they yeah, him with the with the next big thing in Bijan Robinson. So, I mean, this team is built to run. Yeah, I, I'm very interested going forward into 2023. I'm very interested how their young offensive players develop. Desmond Ritter, Bijan Robinson, uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. We haven't really seen what any of these guys can become. And that's the whole reason Arthur Smith was brought there from Tennessee a couple years back was was to really build that offense because he was supposed to be an offensive guy. He turned around Ryan Tannehill. He can do it for anybody. We didn't really see what Desmond Ritter is. I'm interested going into this offseason, going into training camp, going in forward. Last year, they started the year with Marcus Mariota, and he played most of the year. This year, it's Desmond Ritter's team. So I'm interested to see how the entire offense develops. Yeah, I mean... We're definitely going to see, but I, I think this team is is a team that's going to be running. This is going to be playing, uh, you know, King Henry ball. You know, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, pass when you absolutely have to. Well, let me ask you this. I mentioned him briefly. Arthur Smith, is he on the hot seat? He's been there two seasons. He's missed the playoff both seasons. Would you say he's on the hot seat? No, because I think both years he did better than what anybody expected him to. Nobody was. I don't think anybody two years ago was expecting them to compete, um, and I think last last year same thing. Nobody was expecting. I think when we were talking about in the uh, episodes last year, go in the same time, one you know exactly one year ago. I, th- I thought we were. I think we were talking about Atlanta maybe winning three four games, and they actually turned it into a pretty decent season. Um, at one point, I think they were like four and four. I mean, you know, I think that the way that they built this team. Um, is he going to get fired? Yeah, if, he, if they win six games, he's going to get fired. He should get fired because this team can win more than six games because of the way this offense is built. This offense, like I, I've been saying... The and their time, schedule. They're, they're easy schedule, and this offense is built to run. So unless you get too cute for yourself, you should be able to, you know, you should be able to win seven, seven games just for the fact that you have such great offensive line and you have such great running backs. You should be able to win seven games just on that with, with this schedule. Yeah, I, I hear you. I just had to play devil's advocate because, you know, the NFL stands for not for long. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, people don't, unless your name is Belichick or Andy Reid or Tomlin, you don't get a long leash. In fact, there's actually reports in Boston about is Bill Belichick's job safe. 
I, which is funny because the man's been to 10 Super Bowls. Let me but, ask you this. Do you see this being like the Bajan Robinson show, or does this end up becoming like a 70-30 thing with uh, Tyler Algier? You can't completely forget he's there. And they did, I mean, they did extend Cordero Patterson. He's still there. So I don't think in today's NFL, nobody outside of Tennessee with Derrick Henry, nobody goes, even Nick Chubb in Cleveland has been getting spelled by Kareem Hunt the last couple of years. Nobody goes hero ball. Nobody just lets their running back run 30 times a game. Yeah. So I, I, I think it has to be seventh. I mean, oh, long gone, yeah. All right, Tim, it's time for the best bets, um, and I found three and only three. It's really hard to come up with these things, and we were just talking about it uh, a couple days ago. Where it's, it's hard to find. Uh, the, the unders come in like 60-something percent of the time. They always say like 60% of the time unders come in more than overs, Especially, and even on, on the props. But it, it's just hard to find them because you, the reason why they come in is, is not just because of bad play. It's because of injuries and time off and stuff like that. And, it, you know, it, or just circumstantial stuff where they're just not getting along with their, they just don't fit in the scheme anymore of what the team's trying to do. And those are hard to, it's hard to find that stuff. You know what I mean? If somebody's not hurt, but people get hurt so often that it's, it's easy to, you know, like it's easy to bet unders, but it's hard to, it's hard to justify betting unders when you have the opportunity. You know, the old saying, it's not a contact sport, it's a collision sport. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, everybody gets hurt. At some point, everybody gets hurt. You will always remember the year Tom Brady went down in the first quarter of the first game when you picked him in the first round of a fantasy draft. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the thing is, I always may say that the Sharps and, and somebody like us who's been betting for 20-plus years, the money is made on unders, especially like week-to-week in the NFL. The money's made on unders. Well, man, it's a tough bet to place. Yeah, it's, it's really hard, to, I'd say, to walk up to the window, but now it's t- to clap confirm yeah. to click confirm on the app but you know that being said my first of best bets if you don't mind go ahead tampa bay bucks under six and a half wins i i just i'm sorry they have a quote first place schedule i know their schedule is 22nd hardest but that's by far harder than the other three teams in their division they're clearly tanking they're going the opposite direction than they have to i've referenced multiple times the 74 million dollars in in dead cap money. They're going into the season with Kyle Trask, who's done nothing, and Baker Mayfield, who's been probably one of the biggest number one overall draft pick busts in Tim Couch. I mean, it's just, it's been brutal. So yeah, I, on DraftKings, I've got uh, six and a half un, uh, wins under for the Bucks. On DraftKings, it's about minus 115. Yeah, you know, I think it's a solid play. It was one of them that was teetering on my possible best bets. It didn't make it, um, but that's probably because i probably biased on a couple of my bets here. And I'm going to start it off right now. So, Tim, uh, this is this is what I'm going to call this. These best bets in the NFC South are all they're my plus money bets. All three of my bets are all plus money. So nice. I've got some plus money stuff for you. I'm so you're going to make some units for with people my big, with my biggest plus plus money bet here: the Carolina Panthers to win the NFC South. Obviously, you don't we say. talked about it earlier. Everyone could see you see you saw how giddy I was. Actually, when we were talking about it in the preseason episodes, uh, the pre-preseason episodes, when we were talking about the moves the team's made and, and what team impressed you and stuff like that. And I, and I know that... Yeah, I think the table underneath you got a little higher. Yeah, I know the Panthers gave up a lot for that first pick, for, but most of the stuff that they gave away is stuff they're going to be paying for later. And this one, I feel like this, this is my pick, is the Carolina Panthers plus 400 to win the NFC South. All right, buddy. Speaking of the Carolina Panthers, my second of my best bets... Bryce Young over 33, 45 and a half pass yards. Well, 
you just were talking about Bryce Young being a small guy, and you you said being a rookie and how it was going to work out. Now you're can can I finish? Go ahead. That's okay. No, I I know I'm usually the one of the first ones to bust your balls. Let can me. Can I finish? Can I finish? <laughs> All right, I finished. <laughs> Darren's. Um, I had to say this is on Caesars. Significantly better than DraftKings. DraftKings had him at thirty four hundred and a half. Caesars, while you're paying minus one fifteen, had him at thirty three forty five and a half. So you can save yourself fifty five yards on Caesars. Yeah, definitely shop your bets around. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the episode, uh, beginning of the season, um, and I brought up the very first bet I brought up to him was Jalen Hurts under eleven and a half rushing touchdowns, and it's down to ten and a half on Caesars sports bet, and it's down to nine and a half on DraftKings. So, um, yeah, get him in when you see him and shop it around to find the best odds. Yeah, while I don't think the Panthers are going to win the division just because it's really hard to play quarterback in the NFL as an undersized rookie, I do think between Frank, uh, Frank Reich's track record and the fact that he's starting right away, I do feel like they're going to just do the old Peyton Manning approach and just throw him to the fire. So yeah. 33-45.5 for his pass yard total, give me over all day. So you're saying if he goes over... He- you don't think there's a chance he wins the division? Garbage time, baby. Garbage time. You know what, Carolina? Carolina Panthers. Go Panthers. Hey, you know what? Let's stay with the Panthers, huh? Since I picked them to win the division, and you picked them So instead of calling this the NFC South yeah, so podcast, we'll just call it the Panthers podcast. The Panthers best, best, so <laughs> uh, so uh, my next bet is also plus money. It is uh, defensive, defensive edge rusher, linebacker, Brian Burns, over 10.75 sacks. Wow. Plus 130 on Caesar Sportsman. Um, he did thir- he had 13 last year. He had nine the year before that. He is... That's a big number, baby. It is a big number, but I think he's going to be able to do it. You have um, a lot of, like, I just, I think he's going to be able to do it. He's an up-and-coming defensive player. He's going to be one of those guys that you're going to be talking about at the end of the year. I'm not saying he's going to be uh, Bosa or Parsons or something like that, but he's going to be in that next tier, and I think a lot of people need to recognize that. I hear you. I'm going to talk about a player who's not on the Carolina Panthers, if that's okay. Is that allowed on this part? Well, I'm, my next one's somebody that's not on the Panthers either. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, all right. I, don't want, I just want to hear what you have to say, because I might say ditto. <laughs> that would be great audio. <laughs> this is already great audio. Same. <laughs> I've got uh, Rashad White. Over 700 and a half rush yards. Not the same. <laughs> that, that is minus 110 on DraftKings. Uh, they got a new offensive coordinator come from Seattle where they love to run the ball. It's his first opportunity to be the bell cow. Uh, Leonard Fournette's gone, and let's face it, their quarterbacks are either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. The only thing they're going to do to stay in games is to run the ball. I was very surprised. I thought that was a very, for a guy who's supposed to be RB1 on his team, I thought that was a pretty low total. So give me Rashad White. Over seven hundred and a half rush yards. Yeah, I, I want to say that I agree with that. I, I seven hundred is a hard number not to get to if you're the starting running back. That being said, I just think Tampa Bay is going to be so bad all around, all around. And if they're trailing in a lot of games, which I feel like they're going to be because they're going to be that bad, uh, they got no choice but to throw the ball. And those receivers are the best way for them to stay involved in games. All right, That's well, one thing I will say is like devil's advocate, but I do. Anytime you give me a running back and say all he has to do as a rookie, as a uh, a number one running back for his team is rush over seven hundred yards, I always think it's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, two games where he rushes for like a buck sixty, he's halfway there. I love it. All right. Apparently, not enough to be one of your best bets. 
It is not one of my best bets. I'll give you my third best bet, which was also plus money. This one, we went from plus 400 to plus 130. We're just going to go back to plus 100. Just even money. I don't have to pay no juice. Give me Chris Olave over five and a half touchdowns. So he only had... Wait, to... weren't you just dogging Derek Carr? No, but I just... Is Jameis going to throw on the ball? Can I, can I finish? Can I finish? No, <laughs> can I? And when, Terrence. We, when we brought up the Saints, I did say Chris Olave is the best wide receiver in this division. And I stick by that. You can do the whole Godwin and Evans and all that stuff. Those guys are older. Those guys are... Maybe if you were talking about Michael Evans in his prime or Chris Godwin's three years ago, maybe. But no, we're talking about Chris Olave. We're talking about now. We're not talking about, we're not talking about then. We're talking about now. This is the now now, Tim. This is the now now. You know what happened to then? We passed it. When? Just now. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> last year, last year, Chris Olave only started nine games. He had four touchdowns. All right. I don't trust Michael Thomas, but I do trust Chris Olave. And Chris Olave. That's a very low number. Where did you find that? Five and a half. That is on uh, Caesar Sports Bet. Okay. Yes, Caesar Sports Bet. I'm asking selfishly for myself. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Caesar Sports Bet had it at four and a half at minus 150. DraftKings had it at plus 100 for over five and a half. I'm going with the five and a half. I'll give the extra. One. Yeah, I would to too. Get the, to get, the to get that juice, yeah. yeah. So, but I don't trust uh, Michael Thomas. I think that uh, Derek Carr, if he's going to throw touchdowns, it's going to be to Chris Olave. I mean, he's going to be. I'm not going to say he's Devonte Adams, but he will be the Devonte Adams for this team, like Derek Carr had last year on the Raiders. Um, and even if Carr gets hurt, Jameis Winston is a gunslinger. He's a gunslinger. He's he's your Brett Favre. You know what I mean? He'll throw 20 interceptions, but he's going to throw 30 touchdowns doing it. And yeah, and majority of those touchdowns are going to go to Chris Olave. So give me Chris By Olave. default. Yep, give me Chris Olave over five and a half touchdowns, even money, plus 100. I love it. That wraps up our best bet segment. Now stay tuned next week. We're going to cover the AFC South. If you're listening to this podcast about the NFC South, can the AFC South be worse? No, I mean, thanks a lot for listening because the, you know, the NFC South, for what I'll say is, is that as much as, as, much as it's kind of like a, a woe, you know, division where you can be like, oh, the winner, the winner of this division could be eight and nine, nine and eight. They could all be right next to each other. It could be, well, maybe, not the Bucks. Well, the Bucks could finish with five wins, but everybody else could be at nine and eight, eight and nine. I mean, they could be right down to the wire. With oh, absolutely. That's why I love the NFL transition to that whole last week of the season's all division games. This is one of those that could come come down to the last week of the season. One of these teams is getting the four seed. Which I like Carolina. I like I and, and it was it was a battle between Carolina and Atlanta because I really do not like New Orleans to win this division. I don't know why. Well, it just if you like Carolina, that 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 money to win the division is good money. Yeah, plus four hundred. Give me. Yeah, you you hit um, Minnesota at plus three twenty five last year. Yep. Yeah, I did. Uh, so thanks a lot for listening, guys. Once again, at Rick Punt the QB. Punt QB FF. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.